Father, we commit this part of the service to your hands. Come Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts. Speak to us as broken vessels so that we can be transformed, Lord, into your glorious image that the Christ might be seen in all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. You may be seated. What a beautiful part of the service we enjoyed. Testimonies. And I think it will be good that we have more testimonies in the revival service. The morning service is a bit tight with time, so we really can't do all those things. But you are all welcome. I trust you had a good uh, break this afternoon. I'm going to share with you today... Um, something from my pastor's book, The Good General. How many of you have read this book, maybe? Put up your hand if you have. Beautiful. I would recommend that you get the books that Bishop Dag wrote, specifically the one called The Art of Leadership. The Art, this is almost like a part two. Of the art of leadership. And um, <clears throat> I enjoy it a lot because I am a leader. You know, if you, if you do something, you need to research on what you are doing. If you're a motor mechanic, you must read books on motor mechanics. So if you are a leader, you must do research on leadership. Amen. Amen. And I really think... We, are, we must be grateful and thankful that my, my close connection to Bishop is from the Lord and also his writings have really, really helped us and imparted many graces to us. This book is called The Good General and uh, I was reading it on the plane to Ghana and back for the second or third time and it speaks about warfare. It speaks about the life of a Christian as a war. And if you don't have such an understanding, then you have, a, you, you have a misunderstanding of what the Christian life is about. You need to have the glasses on that tells you you are busy with war. Are you with me? So let me share a little bit with that and we see how the Holy Spirit leads and I believe the Lord is going to touch many people tonight. Amen. If you have, I think it's the American Standard or the Message Bible that talks about man's life on the earth. Job chapter 7 verse 1. 
Job chapter 7 verse 1. See if you find that version on the computer that says, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. Somebody help me with the computers. Uh, we might not have it on our version. The life, Job 7 verse 1. Let's just put it on in the King James we see. But it's not the King James I know. It's a different version. Job 7 verse 1. Uh, so change the versions until we find it. Not verse 3, verse 1. Higher than, but there, there is a version that says, the life of man upon earth is a warfare. Those who have Google, use your phones and Google. D-R-A. So they don't have it. I think it's the Derby Revised Amplified. Huh? Okay, American. Derby. Yeah, okay. Oh, we have that version. In, in, is it? Wow, powerful. Clap for Pastor Charlie. Pastor Charlie had to um, load the stuff for us. Amen. Legally or illegally, but we have it. Job 7 verse 1. Beautiful. The life of man upon earth is a warfare. And, it, and his days are like the days of a hyaline. Hey! You know, Job was the first book written chronologically in time. You know, before Moses wrote Genesis, they discovered that this was the book that was there from the beginning. And it explains life in very dramatic forms. That's why this man can tell you what life is really about. This is the man who lost his wife, children, everything, cattle, everything. But then the Lord restored him sevenfold, everything that he lost. So if he tells you that life of man through the Holy Spirit, he says it's a warfare. You better believe him. Amen? It's a great warfare. And the Christian life is like that. And I thank God that as I am a leader and as I lead the church or the church is plural, I realize more and more that I need to understand the fight. All of us are in fights. If you don't know it, you are really going to struggle. Amen? You will struggle as a Christian because you will be losing a war, but you, you didn't even know you are busy with a warfare. You see, the enemy has the upper hand over you. But the Lord must give you the upper hand over your enemy. And because we are human, we are not perfect. We have many shortcomings. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. We need God's angels to be with us, to help us. His angels with fiery swords because of this warfare. You can't come to Christ with the snowflake Christianity. sera. I think it's just singing in the choir, going home. This, it's a war. It's a war for your soul. 
That's why if, if they talk about Derek is saying the people were here, they testified here, but they lost the war. They lost the battle. Do you see? It's a war. To stay. <laughs> As Marisa was singing, persecutions, battles. It's like you were like an eagle that has been battered in the wind. And you reach, you shed your, your feathers and new feathers have to grow. But you must stay strong. Jealousy, envy, malice, everything. Yeah, it's a war. I read you one or two scriptures. My message today is called the four dimensions of war. You might think you're fighting in one dimension. Today I will surprise you. As I stand before you today, I stand in the public dimension. I'm publicly exposed to all of you. You're clapping hands for me as I'm coming to the platform. It's the public dimension. And I've got some battles to fight in that dimension. But you make a mistake if you think it's the only dimension. Yeah. I have battles of you people looking at me. And, 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 and I don't know what you're thinking. I have battles of my associates becoming familiar with me. It's a battle. You see... I have battles of people sitting here and they're not with me anymore. When you see a person leave, it's only, it's, it's Brother Miller always used to say, backsliding doesn't happen overnight. He said it before Bishop wrote the books. You know, he always used to talk to me like that. He said, backsliding is a thing that comes on for a long time. You start, it's like Bishop Dag wrote in his book, Loyalty. Loyal, this loyalty doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. You go through stages of this loyalty. So backsliding and losing the war, it's a, it's a process. You don't know, I don't know what phase you are in as you sit here. But tonight I'm going to teach you about the four dimensions. Are you ready to hear? Sometimes I have more than one sermon. Even that is a battle. What to preach. What to say when. Before a minister goes onto the stage, he has a battle inside of him. What will this audience receive? Because it's not that we don't have much to say. What did the lady say? She said uh, a nice saying here. Yeah. She's not a speak person. You see, but I am a speak person. <laughs> it's not that I really just speak, speak. It's, it's, it's an anointing. I find it strange when I'm meeting people. Sometimes my wife and myself, we go to people. Then I say to myself, I'm not going to speak. I'm going to just try to be normal. <laughs> but like when I sit in the presence of people, it's like it's a river that flows. Then I say, I'm sorry for, for speaking so much. Then they say, no, 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 keep speaking. I'm a speak person. But you know, I always heard Bishop Dag say this, and I realize it's true. It's not our nature. You can ask my wife, when I met her, I wasn't the speak person. Oh, I didn't even know how to say, you look nice, I like you. I didn't have much words. She had to ask me, do you like me? I could only say yes and no. So I said, yes, I like you. She said, are you sure? I said, yes, I'm sure. 
So she kind of helped me. Because generally I'm not the speak person. So we, I find it rather peculiar that I can stand before you and speak for hours. Really? Yeah, I'm saying to you that's the that's power of God. The power of God, the Holy Spirit flows in different ways. This is the teaching anointing. It's actually a very powerful and one of the highest levels of anointing. Yeah, the teaching anointing. Because people, you see, people that are carnal, they, they don't like teaching much. So you must be careful if you start to fall asleep quickly when I start teaching. It means you are not spiritual. Because when the Bible explains the Holy Spirit coming, He says, I must go away because another comforter will come. Then He says, when He comes, He will teach you. So it's one of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit to teach. So if you see a person like me teaching, it's the Holy Spirit's gift in action. Yeah. Teaching. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Are you here? We are teaching. Dimensions of war. Dimensions of war. But let me just show you that just one or two scriptures and then we get to the dimension of war. Yeah, Revelation 19.11. Revelation 19.11. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is probably the King James Version. At the end, in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is God. This is talking about God. Amen. I'm showing you that God is a warfare God. God is a God of war. Yeah, hallelujah. But war is, uh, is not an easy term because it talks about killing. So, some movies I like, and I, in, when it's a war movie, I always like it. My wife doesn't like war movies or westerns, and I like those because it's about killing, fighting. But the history of man is the history of war. If you put on the History Channel, if you have DSTV, soon you will all have DSTV. Yes. I think it's Channel 17 something. Those who know. 182 is the animals. Then you come two back, it will be history. The, 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 the history of man is the history of war. You put on history, you see there was a fight. Second World War, First World War, Vietnam War, Rwandan War. It's just war. Yeah. Now you see, even you see history, you see people getting on boats over the Mediterranean. The boats capsize. What's happening? They're running away from the war in Africa. So the history of man is the history of war. Amen? And warfare involves killing, sorrow, sadness, death. And it's one of the terrible things that happens to men, you see. So you ask yourself, why would God be involved with a war? Isn't God a God of love, you see? But because of God's enemy, it necessitates a warfare. It makes it necessary for God to fight. Not that God wants to fight, because God is a God of love. But because of the enemy... It forces God to be a God of war. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. And we also have that same enemy that needs to be crushed under your feet. Hallelujah. And it needs to be beaten. Hallelujah. Now as a pastor and as a leader, and I'm sure I'm talking to leaders here today. Amen. People who come to the revival are not ordinary Christians. They are leaders. Hallelujah. So as a pastor and as a leader, you have more enemies and you must know how to overcome them. All right. So let me go and start to tell you what the first dimension is. Do you want to know what the first dimension of war is? Now the scripture is found in the NASB, Ephesians 2 verse 6. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. We are seated and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is what we always say when we greet you and say you may be seated in heavenly places. So what that scripture is saying, we are here on the earth, but the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now how can that be? It is possible because there are more than one dimension in this life. There's the heavenly dimension and then there's the earthly dimension. It's another word, it's called the realm. R-E-A-L-M, realms, there are realms. You are both in the earthly realm and you are in the heavenly realm. We are of this world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Are you with me? So it's important to realize that there are many dimensions. That's why I'm talking about four dimensions. Hallelujah. This is how our warfare is. We operate in different dimensions at the same time. In Bishop's book, he says he asked some missionaries when they send them out, what do they think would be difficult as they go into the field? Like we sent Sergio. And, and I want to greet those people. Are they watching us live? I want to greet the pastors from the branches. And we assure you that very soon we will be coming. That's a, another dimension we must go and address, the public dimension. The churches in Joburg, East London, they are watching us live, but it's not live on Facebook. We did not make this an open uh, page because of the heavy stuff that will be released here. drunk, I to go, then So he said he sent missionaries out and he asked them, what do you think is the problems that you will encounter? And they were answering him. But he realized they were all referring to the public dimension. Like how will the people receive them? You know, how will they look when they speak to the people? And he said he realized that these guys and these ladies had no idea that there are other dimensions they first have to fight before they even get to the public dimension. The public dimension is the last dimension, but he, he says it's the easiest dimension. Yeah, to stand before you, yeah, it's nice. Look at me. Don't you like my shirt? My pants and my shoes. My glasses. 
I showered before I came. Bath, I put on expensive perfume. If I pray for you, if it's not the anointing, the perfume will, will, will shock you. <laughs> We've come to address you. You see us in the public. But the first dimension you will encounter warfare is the personal dimension. Amen. The four dimensions. I give it to you first and if I don't get to all then we will continue. But here it is. It's the personal dimension. Number two, the family dimension. Number three, the leadership dimension. And number four is the public dimension of the ministry. And I'm sure I spoke about this before but it's so pressing on my heart and I was really blessed when I read the book in the aeroplane. I, I became conscious of the war that I'm fighting. Very conscious of a war. Yes. Hallelujah. Let me also say with the remix, with the remix of tonight's service, we can only do remix when people are mature for remix. Right? Like if I say, that's why this, in this church, you must really develop, um, it's part of the message really. You must become humble. So even if you're on the program and we say you're off the program, there must be nothing like, I'm sad. Say, it's the Lord's will. It's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in my eyes. Yeah. You can't be mature if, now pastor changed, you see. So I was just warning him, I said, don't do it with new people. Because they're not mature to handle it. It might be the stumbling block that will chase them out of the church. Forgive. But old faces, we say chains. Remix. They've been battled by the scars of war. They've been abused, accused. <laughs> but they are still here. Hallelujah. The personal dimension. It's a war for your personal wholeness. And there are many battles you're going to have to fight for your personal wholeness and integrity. The word integrity means your honesty. Who are you really? Amen. And I think this is probably one of the most important messages you'll ever hear. And if you remember it, God can use you as a great vessel one day. Because I know there are on pulpits many people that can bamboozle you in the public dimension. But they have failed the war in the private, in the personal dimension. So, oh, this pastor's married seven wives and now he's with another girl. And, but in the public dimension, he's got crocodile shoes. He speaks well. He can preach. Preach, they can preach like they always say, Oh, I'm a pricker. A what? A wanted a boss. He preach a dog out of the bush. The way they can preach. <laughs> I was playing a clip for, for, for my wife in the car, and my wife said, I, Please don't say what this man is saying. Hmm. I think I should play it for you to just see the dimension of how people preach. But no, 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 no. Evan, did you get it? 
there are different dimensions. Anyway, yeah. So, your personal holiness, are you a holy person? All of you can come here and speak on this mic and really have the words to say. Because you can learn to recite words and that's what actors do. Don't get su- surprised. James Bond and these guys, they're not as strong as they look on the TV. In real life, you see, no, this is a softy. Can't even fight. And many times, it's, the, it's, the, it's a stuntman that is driving the car or jumping off a bridge. It's not James Bond. It's not the real James Bond. Yeah. You now think he's a strong. He's not strong. Some of them are like Moffies, I tell you. When you see them in real life, it's not so. I, I, I like to watch interviews with the movie stars and I see who they really are, like Tom Hanks. You saw, I saw Saving Private Ryan, a movie of great war. I thought, hey, this guy's great. My cousins were movie fanatics, but they never understood movies really. Yeah? Because one day my cousin came home and he was very sad. I said, what, what's wrong with you? He said, he's been to the movies. I said, ah. And he said, this guy, when the movie started, they were beating him up. And he got up and he left the film. I said, why did you leave? He said, I just watched the movie of him last week. And he was beating everyone. How can they just beat him like this in this other movie? (laughs) That's a junk movie. You know? It's like Clint Eastwood, he would play now a dangerous action star. And then in one movie, he's like a, a, just a normal cameraman. I think Bridges over Madison County is a cameraman and he falls in love with Meryl Streep. Nice movie. But there's no dirty Harry there. No gun in the face. So they slap him a few times. I think it's that one. And my cousin said, ah, this is not a real movie. How can they smack Clint Eastwood? <laughs> so I'm saying that anybody can act. I can act as I stand in front of you. I can act to be some holy guru speaking to you about this and that, but my integrity, my honesty, am I honest? Am I really who I say I am? Do I serve God the way I say I do? Do I pray? Do I seek Him in holiness? I'm talking about the personal dimension. It's the first battle. And why it will be a battle? Because no man is is always right. For you, you think I'm great. My wife will tell you I'm not as great as you think I am because she sees the personal dimension. My wife and my children. But I have to battle to be the, 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 the vessel that God wants to use. I have to battle to be humble. Hey, many times things make you humble. Yeah. Things happen in your life that makes you humble. Because God wants a humble servant. I'm talking about the, the personal dimension. You can be strong, strong, strong. And something happens and, and you, you come down to earth quickly. You realize you're just a human being. You must be humble. Uh, you want to do right. You're giving advice. Yeah, but sometimes you make a mistake. But because you're just human. You know. Sometimes you speak wrong. Mm. Sometimes your, 
your personality, what they call your, your, your temperament is a problem. Sometimes you are slow and it's not helping the dimension. You see, you, you can't finish things. Then other people like us, we are fast. But in our fastness, we can be rude. Ah, you see, you must read on the temperaments in the marriage manual. You see, the weakness of a choleric, the weakness of a melancholic, the weakness of this, this, this. So a melancholic would pack everything right. And if, if the children come in or the husband, he just put the tissue on the floor. Ah! But God is working on that part of your dimension. So it's alright. Well, they dropped it. Let me just pick it up again and fold it nicely back. Eish! Eish! The things you just get angry for, can you say, it's the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in my eyes. I will become about the situation. It's not easy. You see? Because in the, in the, when you stand there, that's public. But the, when you are home, you are private. Have you won the war in the private dimension? Now, in that dimension, there are different phases. We are all going through different phases. We are young, then we are like adults, then we are a bit mature. So every phase, there's a battle. I'm talking just now about the private or the personal dimension. Are you with me? And I'll tell you what are some of the battles, but you must put your safety belt on. This is going to be a bit rough, okay? We are going through some turbulence, ladies and gentlemen. If you hear the ping in the airplane, put on your safety belt. But I promise you, we'll be out of this turbulence soon. Amen. So the war in the first dimension is a war for your personal purity. You must be a holy person. Amen. You can't be fornicating all over the show. Smoking or drinking casual wine at a, at a nightclub and then you want to come stand here in the public dimension. No, 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 no. You have lost the war in the personal dimension. The war in the first dimension is a war to establish your ability to love and to forgive. I said to another pastor the other day, as I grow older, I'm becoming more forgiving. The fatherhood is now coming out in me. Because some people have done me great harm, like they did to Paul. Paul said of Mark, John, he said of Mark, John, that guy, he deserted me. Don't bring him with John Mark. You see, in the beginning, Paul was on his missionary journey. He said, this guy. But this, as, the, as the years went by, you see at the end, Paul writes and he says, bring, bring John Mark. He, he can be of benefit to me. <laughs> Forgive him. You see, when you're new, you would say, hey, pastor, these people, they were wicked to you. Don't give them another chance. But the more you must mature in your personal life, you must be loving and forgiving. Sisters, your husbands will test your ability to love and forgive. Are you with me? You see, you can't be a vessel for God. Yeah. But in that area, you can't. 
I don't want to jump the gun because the forgiveness is really tested in the second dimension. Let me stick with the first dimension. You must love people. Amen. In our, in our country, we are challenged with racism. I just had a good chat yesterday to two men from this area. We chatted and I said, we're trying to get this church to be really multiracial. We had two white people, but they left Pastor Charlie's people. But at least, at least I'm, I'm, I'm almost getting it there. I said, mainly the, the, because our children come, but the adults don't really want to come because of the racial tension. They said, no, they're fully aware of the problem in Cape Town, you see. But because we were also brought up in separate developments in this country, we must always ask God to put a type of love in our hearts for all nations. Yeah. They say, dementia. We mustn't use the term, this word mensa. Because we can easily, you know, group. Yeah. So like one day I was complaining about some people who were urinating on my fence. You see? So I was talking to a person around the corner and he said to me, look, pastor, it's not that it's all the Zulus or all that causes that do it, you see. It's also wrong. So I was surprised that he said, it's wrong. They mustn't do it. Because I thought it's just what they do. You see, so you can easily start to say they and us, they and us. And God must help us in the personal dimension. Not to, to look like that. We, I'm sure we, we can't help it. And we must be honest about it. We grew up only seeing colors. The blacks only saw blacks. And the whites only saw whites. It's the problem of our nation. But for us to bridge the gap, God must work in your heart. Are you racist? You see? You see, I always pray, Lord, forgive if there's any racism in me. Demons. Are you here? Are you, are you, are you, are you with me? But then when I see, okay, many of my leaders are from different nations. Then I have a little bit of peace, but I'm still praying, Lord, purge me from any evil in my heart that has been put there by demons of my upbringing. Hey, our grandparents, I tell you, they grew up in the heart of apartheid. Yeah. And they stay, they, 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 it's, it's, it's very hard for them to accept the races. Yeah. So like white is superior, Black is the servant, and we are in between. What was the name of my, my grandmother's boss? Uh, 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 but she used to talk about that. I think it's Lapas Kachni. That guy could do nothing wrong. Huh? Yeah, Lapas Kachni. I can't even say it. <laughs> she used to take us to Labaskagni, stand outside the door and knock. Couldn't come in by the front, we had to go around the back. My wife and her family, they were all light of complexion. So they were traveling, but the, but the brother is a little dark. But my wife is light and her sister's even whiter. 
you'll one day you'll see a sister. She, she, she lives in Australia or New Zealand. They come. They like, like. And the father and the mother, they also. So ever they went, the people thought they were white people. So one day they traveled far. And they were tired. And they just got out somewhere on the road on the, on the way to Durban. And they were about to go into this hotel and book the rooms for the night. And they were booking them. Oh, oh, oh. And then just as they were about to go in down the corridor, the boy came running in. <laughs> and the woman said, Where's he? Who are you? So he said, No, he's with his parents. And then they realized, But these are not whites, these are colors. She said, no, 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 but pack your bags, pack your bags. You can't stay here. You can't stay here. So it has, it has developed in us different hatreds for different races. There's a demon in this country that has made that, you see. But the Lord must, de- must help us in our personal life to love, to love and to forgive. Are you listening? Otherwise, God can't really use you to reach the nations. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Your war in the first dimension is a war where you fight against depression and bad attitudes in yourself. Please, in the personal dimension, it's not about other people. It's about you. Bad attitudes in yourself. Depression. You know what's depression? People just feel sad for no specific reason. Or maybe something triggers it. Then they go into sadness for days. It's depression. It's an evil spirit. But it is, it is how you are. You, 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 can't, you can't. You need to fight that war. You need to overcome it. Ik het ook kwaad gemaakt. Nou, het is verfeefd daar. Is ik kwaad. Als jij ermee denken gaat slaap, zie je zo. That's depression. Many of you don't know these terms because we don't grow up with these medical terms, but many of you suffer from depression. If that is you, your whole life comes to a standstill. Because of this relationship that your husband has made. Mostly it's the husband. The husband is another problem. Can I have an amen? amen. <laughs> Nicole said amen. <laughs> now, women suffer a lot from that thing. You see. Now you can imagine, don't worry. Now you can imagine why Paul said, you see this thing about women in the church. Why does he mention that? Then he says, you won't understand because you're not spiritual. He makes that mention. Only you are spiritual will know what I'm talking about. He says, women shouldn't really be speaking. I don't know the depth of that analogy. I don't want to claim to be super spiritual, but I can just imagine. A woman can't overcome an issue. Just like that. Like men. Men can have an issue, but they say, okay, I'll come back to that issue later. Then he'll fight an issue here. Do you see? But the woman, no, no, no. That issue must be sorted now. Or I won't go on to the next issue. Is it right? Is it right? Is it amen? So that is in your personal dimension. You want to stand there and preach, but you have hatred in your heart. You are smiling with, with the neighbors. 
But if you go back in your house and you see that that thing, hey! <laughs> Nobody knows because uh, it's personal. It's in the personal dimension. We are fighting a war. So God is working on your personality, your integrity. Can I be a woman of God and a man of God, but I couldn't even win the war in the personal dimension. The war in the first dimension is also the war against bad domestic habits and inappropriate behavior. Personal. I learned a lot from Bishop Dag. I thank God that he's, he's now becoming so popular, but before he became so popular here, yeah, I found favor with him. So oftentimes when I'm in Ghana or wherever I am in South Africa, I'm always invited to go to sit and have dinner. Now, when you have private meetings and dinner, you can watch how the man behaves, how he, how he carries himself. Beautiful behavior, habits. And you learn. I see, hey, he never just eats anyway. No. So I must now also say, because I grew up in a, in a house that didn't have much. So as they eat crazy, they must eat and flag it. When you get food, you must eat and eat fast. So I had now to learn, look, this habit is not, is not going to help me for my public ministry. Yeah, even if there's a lot of food, los nou die dinge. Los die gedachte van, sy moet nou klom eet, en as hy nog een kan insit vir die kinders by die huis, los, los, los die personal. You will not make it. You know, at our church, uh, I always tell Deidre, help Deidre to serve anybody who visits here. We, we give you the best. If you're a visitor, you'll know. We always put, and we have plenty. I don't like, like, little, little. They must always be enough. Then I always tell the people, I, I test them. I say, you can have what you have. Then I will see people who have not developed their habits in the personal dimension. They take three or four. Their hands can only handle three or four. But because there's enough, then I say, as priests, I say, as priests, take some more. Yeah, I say take some more. He doesn't even know I'm inspecting his personal habits. Hmm. Then somebody said, I never eat alone if I can't take something with for my wife. Yeah. If you are asking me if I want food, remember, I never eat alone. Then my wife must also get a plate. She's not here, but she's at home. But I learned with Bishop, you see, so I, I'm watching him. Hey, I'm, I'm learning. Hey, this guy doesn't eat anywhere. Doesn't eat, doesn't eat in just in public, so I'm learning. 
But then when we are alone, then I say, okay, that's it. But it's it is certain habits you must now start to develop. Don't always look hungry. look angry and hungry. Inappropriate behavior. Domestic habits and inappropriate behavior. How to use a bathroom. You think it's a joke. You see, you think it's just about preaching here. Hey. There are many things. How to wash your hands. How to, how, how, who are you? Before you can be a servant of the Lord. Loveliness, forgiveness, cleanliness, habits, untidiness. Are you clean? Do you smell like sweat? You want to be a, a, a man of God? You don't know to wash yourself. Esther had to wash ten times a day. Esther. She had to be pure. I'm, 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 I'm saying a number, but I think it's even less, even more. She was put in tubes of perfume, Esther. Yeah. Because when she met the king, she can't hear Now she had to lay in oil for days, like the oil must sink into the skin. I'm just telling you about Esther. It is, she had to soak like a marinade, like a piece of chalk that was being marinated. <laughs> Small things, but you think it's, it's, it's a war. You see, can you win this war of habits, cleanliness, the way you speak? <laughs> you see, and, and we are fighting. It's not that you, I'm not saying you are 100%. You see, it's you are fighting a war to become better. Yeah, you see, your husband, yay! Your frita is in the microwave. Your frita. No, my sister. No. 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 A frumunisurasi. There was a brother who was part of our church some years ago, but his wife was very big, very strong. Then he came to me and said, Pastor, I've had enough. <laughs> I said, what is food? <laughs> what is wrong? I said, Tifro, I see Reggie. Us look na the taxi to. That's the taxi down in the park. I make the fro shoe. And he takes him a direct and where he flies, say, he's on! He's... He said, no, you're a pastor. I believe me, you have a fruit in me. At every stage of your life, you will be fighting in the first dimension. I'm only talking about the first dimension. 
In your younger years, the enemy will fight against your holiness. The enemy will make you fight, will fight to make you unable to live a holy life. And there are four practices that Satan would love to impart to you as a young person. Young people, are you listening? And once Satan is successful in planting these in you, you will struggle for the rest of your life to remain holy. Holy means to be set apart. To be set apart. You are different to others. But if the enemy can plant these four things into you, you will struggle for the rest of your life. Are you ready to hear what these four things are? Let me say to you, if any of these things fit you, it's God that is loving you. That's why he's allowing me to speak to you. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of the service. God is purifying us in the personal dimension. Hallelujah. Number one, Satan would like to infect you with pornography. Young people, are you listening? Once planted in you, it is difficult to overcome. Both now and in the future. Pornography. Pornography. Now, come I'm honest with you. Every young person will have an opportunity by Satan's devices to be exposed to pornography. When we were at school, we always had these bad boys in the class, you know. They bring a magazine. Come on now, you all had these friends in the school. Yeah. Yeah, you must. And then they would say they stole it from their father. When we were children, thank God, there wasn't so much TV. But then they had these VHS movies. And some boys were, were exchanging porn movies in the classroom. Porn movies. We didn't know what it was. A, Pastor Robin says, a blue movie. <laughs> I don't remember how old I was, but the first time I saw clips of it, I got a shock. Because I didn't even know what a woman's body looks like. But in those movies, everything is open. So what the devil does, he plants a seed in you with the pornography. See? And once, it's like an addiction. If you watch it and you watch it, you want to watch it, watch it all the time. Yeah? And even if you grow older, if the thing caught you in your youth, you can't get rid of it. You're always looking for it. Now with internet, it's easy. You just type, ta -ta 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 -ta, and then. And even sometimes on the phone, somebody sends an advert of something different. You're looking for a soccer score, but there's also a nice girl, a babe, a babe. <laughs> Fully rounded babe. Jesus. If that, you see, if that thing is not, if it's not one in the youth, you will fight for it the rest of your life. And look, you are a human being. Listen carefully. Young man, you are human. You have passions. You have desires. You see, you, you, you must, but you must preach. But you have to fight this war in the personal dimension. Pornography. Nakedness. Look, today is bad. I know you, you all want to look holy, so you're not laughing, smiling. Today, the boys are watching naked boys. Yeah. Many. In this church, this BMI, 
I've had fathers who told me, Pastor, my boys are watching boys. Not naked women, boys. It's many evils. Some evils are worse than others. If the boy watches a girl, at least <laughs> he's attracted to that sex. But if he watches another boy, I, Jesus. Are you still okay? Is your safety belt? Bishop Dag, when they teach because of Ghana is different to us, they always say the boys have the names of the website blackmama.com blackmama.com and I'm not just talking to the youth the, 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 the bigger mania you see, if that thing caught you, it normally catches you in your youth it's like cigarettes, you never start smoking over 30, it starts when you're a teenager Southern people will say, I started smoking in my 30s. In my... No, no, it's when you're teenage. There's a time. The thing comes. But you will battle it for the rest of your life. Sex is not something that goes away. It's always. It can maybe lessen. I was watching a movie of Clint Eastwood. He's 91. I couldn't believe. In that movie, even he went to sleep with a woman. I sit here <laughs> of 91. Why Egra Salius me veki? They don't show sex, but it's like you see, they go into the room, then tomorrow they start, the next picture he comes out and he's smiling. Yeah. I mean, you can put two and two together. Yeah. And it was a young woman. They did that to David, you see, when David was old, they said he, he couldn't move much. So they brought him a young virgin. They said he didn't, he couldn't do anything to her, but he just slept with her for the warmth. I think the bonbons and some things kept him hot because he was getting cold. He used the girl for a blanket. <laughs> Jesus! Yes, Satan would like to infect you as a young man and a young girl with not just pornography, masturbation number two. Masturbation. I told you don't come to the evening service if you can't handle it. Masturbation. I know masturbation for boys at a certain age it becomes something that they will all be experimenting, challenging. I'm being surprised as I'm reading that even girls... They go into this and then when it hooks you, you can't stop. Yeah. So you see, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's in a phase. In all the phases of your life, you're fighting war. Life on earth is what? A warfare. Yeah. So you're fighting this thing, masturbation. So as you grow older, that thing doesn't leave you. That demon is riding on your back. Come on. But God is helping you tonight. I'm not showing you bad points. I'm telling you how God can save you. And He is going to save you. Glory to God. Number C, number four, number three. Things that happen to young people in their young age. Fornication. The devil wants to implant into you fornication with delightful and strange women. 
It synthesizes, sensitizes your taste buds to delicious sex. Are you with me? So in other words, evil women will always be attractive to you. Once you have tasted what they are like as a youth. And when you get married to simple Sally, you don't have exotic adventures and delicious escapades that you had with slippery Susie. Simple Sally versus slippery Susie. That's why I'm always preaching purity. No, no, I'm not a hypocrite, not that I'm pure. I'm also a man, you see. But it's like once that thing catches you, uh, it's like it, it, the devil wants to affect you. So you really can't go to the other dimensions because you failed in the first dimension. You were with girls that have stockings like fishnets. Ze wonen als ze je visserman, ze vrouw, ze dochter, als je pa visserman. <laughs> ja, haar breast is always open en je ziet, ze is nu exciting, wat? Slippery Susie. So now you have sex. Some girls, are, they, they, they had sex before. So for them, sex is not, they don't want a kiss, they want sex. In the back of the motor car, in the bush, they take a cardboard so that they don't put their bums on the sand. All these things. Forgive me if I speak like this. That's why this stuff is not recorded. But it's, the, it's what I've asked people. I ask them. So why? The other is so full. I ask them. No, why? They're pregnant. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Only boss pastor? Only boss? Now, now, my mind works, you know, forgive, I'm a choleric, so our minds work straight. Sometimes it's rudeness. It's, it's not easy to be married to a man like me, choleric. So I ask, oh no. You know, I'm thinking, do you think what I'm thinking? Are you thinking what? I mean, who? I say, but the thorns in the bush. She says, no, we take a cardboard. We take it with us. So if you see a man walking with a cardboard again. You know, I'm not, look, fornication is, 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 is hard. I think Paul says, Paul realized that we will struggle with fornication. So he said, it has been reported to me that there's fornication amongst you. But then he says, but it's even an evil type. Because he says, it's like you're sleeping with your mother's father. Because what he's trying to say is, the normal type, I really know you're struggling with it. Now I can only appeal to my young girls. I appeal to you a lot because... You see, the man, it's, it's, it's not possible to stop him. He's driven. His main aim, he wants to get on top of you. It's like just a sexual passion. It's, it's God made us like that. That's so that we can make babies one day and have children. You see, but if it's now, if the enemy uses it in a wrong way, so he's always passionate. Wanna, 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 wanna
the woman must say no. Really? I'm talking, I'm going to talk to you, the woman. If my wife didn't stop me, the first time I felt my wife's arm, I felt, but this arm is different to my arm. Just her arm. It was like heaven. Uh-uh. Do you see what I'm saying? We have patience. Men have patience. And, and the woman, I'm, I'm sure after you've experienced it, then your passion is ignited, but you must resist it. I pray. Because otherwise you just become a, a, a cheap vessel. Uh, and the enemy will want you for the rest of your life with that thing. You're just easy, slippery Susie. You're not simple Sally. Yeah. So when you're having sex with your own wife, you say, Eish, you've had maybe 50 different partners in your life. So you say, Tifro's boring. Tifro Lenitz, Jesus, crucify me. Say, Suka Frovat will dry and somersault slap and Opi fan dry. Say dance yes, but you me pow. But you marry the pure girl, and now you say, because you see what happened? The fornication that you did when you were young, it now makes you feel this wife is not what I want. I want slippery Susie. It will eat you in the dimension. So now, if your wife is a little bit boring, you know, she's ah, kus moch, mek het te kopsie. Now you say, kus hy gewoon die neme. Waar is hy in met die stockings wat sy pa by die vis kampen het? Waar is hy in wat by die vis? Where's that one? Is it true what I'm saying? Is it true what I'm saying? Is there anybody that says I'm talking the truth? Let's go on, otherwise we'll never finish. Then the fourth dimension. Listen carefully. Don't laugh about this one. Eh? The fourth dimension or the fourth practice that Satan would like to plant in you, in your young face, is the taste for homosexuality. This is a terrible practice. And once the taste for homosexual behavior is established, it is difficult to uproot. We are fighting a war, ladies and gentlemen, in our personal dimension. These are the things that you must overcome. Don't just see me standing in front of you here. Because I'm a human being, I have to fight all these battles. You must also fight them. Hallelujah. And I know in this church, there are many people that struggle with that thing. Gay, I don't know what they call the real terms, but gay is like girls, men with men, and then les is a lesbian, is woman with woman. Once that you taste it, it's like the serpent, is, it bites the flesh. On your belly you will go, you see, you will eat dust. That was the curse of the serpent. You will eat dust, and that dust is us, because from dust you are. And then to dust you shall return. That dust is us. A serpent has bitten you. Manna made manna. 
Romans 1, manna met manna. Vrouwen met vrouwen. That the best things. But you see, you, so if by God's grace you didn't, you're not exposed to that, but you know how hard it is for a person that is in it. I've learned also through my relationship with Bishop Dag. Don't just, because you're not doing something. Uh, say you're not a fornicator, you just sleep with your wife. Don't just laugh at others because you, you were not even tempted like that. You, you don't know what it would be like if somebody come to lie on your, bum, your bums. I thank God. My father never used me like some fathers abuse their children. I thank God. Yes, I thank God I was protected. Thank God I never got involved in the gangs. By God's grace, I mean, they would have also, I don't know what number, but they, they like men bums. It's, it's not normal, but it's, once that spirit is in you, it's like, you get married and stuff, but that thing wants you. That thing wants you. Like, you see another man. You, and I've realized in my, in my short experience with these people. And if you are here, you are well, we are not chasing you away. I'm preaching to you. You are part of the church. But maybe that serpent has bitten you. You will notice that they can, they, without talking, these people can pick up the spirits in one another. Like a girl can look at another girl and then it's like just the eyes can say. And the men also. You know. I see the Lord delivering you. In the revival service at 7. Hallelujah. 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 Can I mention one more dimension? Throughout your life you must fight to establish yourself in holiness and purity. Whether you're in your 20s. How many of you are in your 20s? How many of you are in your 30s? Yes. In your 50s. You will have to fight in the first dimension. Look, the things I mentioned is not just for young people. It's in all dimensions. Are you with me? I know people that is in their late 60s, but they have children that are 7 years old. So the child wasn't born by the Holy Spirit. He had to do something to get the child there. Are you with me? So it's, it's sexual desire is always, and it's one of the things that Bishop Dag says that makes young people think they can't work for God because they always lust. They always have appetite for. But, but it's how you are made by God. Just now to control it. That's why Paul said, look, I prefer you don't marry, but if you're burning too much, rather marry. So you can have sex with the one woman three times a day. Amen, sisters. <laughs> Listen, young girls, when I'm talking, if you're not married and I'm talking about sex, you are also going to grow up. And, but I'm, I've referred to sex in the marriage context, okay? You should not be taking off your panties if you're not married. Please. You're going to cry. It's going to want you for the rest of your life. And you men, don't push the ladies' buttons. We, we didn't have people to talk to us straight like this. I really struggled with my wife. I really struggled. 
you see. But now I'm telling you straight. Don't do that. Even if the woman had an experience, wait a little. You, you, it's going to come. But it must come in the proper context. Yeah. If there's pregnancy, you, I tell you, you can be, God forgives, but you see, the things you do, it follows you where you go. No loss the reckon by your oma, by your ma, but the new man, he will most know no feel him, he can, 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 clinic the Lord will deliver you from that Amen that's why I'm glad Greno is married and Pevin is married and now we're waiting for children we keep telling them are you not pregnant yet you see but when you tell me you're pregnant and I say hey sis so she's got truthy what the boss at you But if you're married, we are waiting. Van around, man. Skitter and blanks of what? You see? see? It's a good thing. It's a biblical thing. The purpose for marriage is to bring forth children. One of the purposes. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me. Hmm. You will have to fight in this dimension at different phases of your life. You may have to fight to establish yourself in humility and forgiveness. Yes. Now because people harm you and what has happened in your past, you must have in you a spirit of forgiveness. People can do very bad things to you. Hey, life is not easy. This life is not easy. Many people do bad things to us, but we must forgive. Hallelujah. It's a dimension. And then another fight in this first dimension is the fight to be spiritual. The war in the first dimension has nothing to do with the externals. It is all about the unseen, the personal, and the internal. And if you win that war in the first dimension, you are more qualified to fight in the second and the third dimension of war. Amen? Now the second dimension is the family dimension. Are you still here? War in the second dimension has to do with your spouse, your marriage and your family. No pratos met die getroude mense. Amen. Young mense can hold breakfast. But don't forget you have to fight in the first dimension. Second dimension is the family dimension. Once you get into a relationship, you have opened up a war on another front. Once you get into a one, you have opened up another war. Whilst Adolf Hitler was fighting with Britain, he opened up another war with Russia. This was the mistake of Adolf Hitler and this caused the end of the Second World War. He couldn't fight a battle on two fronts. While he was attacking the Europeans, the Russians came from the other side. And he was pushing the Russians back to Moscow. Then he heard that the Britons were attacking. Then they had to turn back and go fight there. And that's how they started to lose the war. Can you fight another dimension? You're already trying to keep yourself clean and, and pure in the first dimension. Now you are, 
You've married. You've married a wife. Kareno and Lizzie, this is for you on your honeymoon. As soon as you get married, a war begins on a second front or in a second country, like Adolf Hitler's war. <laughs> Marriage promises many good things, but also many battles. Amen. The Bible says two is better than one, you see, and the one can keep the other one warm. There are many good scriptures to say why it's a good thing. You finds a wife finds a good thing. So there are many good things concerning getting married. And we are encouraging you to get married. But we must also say like Paul said, it's going to be tough. Are you listening? The battle to be the head of the house is a battle in the second dimension. If you look around, you will see many men who have lost this fight and are not actually anymore the head of their homes. Mercy. And because they're not the head of the homes, they can't gain control in the ministry. They can't gain control in the ministry. God has designed the family that the man is the head, the wife is his helper, and the children are subordinates. But to keep that is a battle. Yes, ladies, you young girls won't know what we're talking about. Once you enter into marriage, it's another war. Yes, but if you win it in the personal dimension, your control, your forgiveness, your love, your submission, you, the war will be easier in the second dimension. Yeah. You will know that this man is bad. You see, ladies always think that the man is not capable of leading. That's why you can say to yourself, as ik moet oefen, dat zal lekker zoeden. But you must be careful. You see, you must be careful because a man who comes to preach to you here and he can't control his family. How can Paul says, how can you still be teaching the church? You can't even control your family. You can't control your wife. I know many pastors whose wives are in second in command. One pastor said, my wife and I have the same anointing. <laughs> in this church, it's not like that. My wife knows she's helping me. She's my wife. She's not the assistant, second in command of the church. It's not like that. It's not biblical. Maybe sometimes God can do it like that, but it's not likely. She's my helper. My wife. It's not like if I'm not here, then my wife is in charge of the church. Ah. That's when husbands get problems because now, when the church, when they divorce, then the church split in two parts. If you don't know about these things here. We are in the pastoral work, we know. The wife takes half and the pastor takes the other because they, he said to the, to the church, we are two same anointings. Forgive. Pastor Lafoy always said, show me Sister Moses in the Bible. Show me Sister Moses. <laughs> Women have a beautiful role to play in the church. Beautiful, but they don't. They, the, the man must gain control. Oh, yeah. You see, sorry that I talk about my pastor all the time. I like my pastor a lot because he's one of the 
the few men I know that will talk about things openly. Hey, Bishop Dad. Then they will talk about, Bishop Dag taught me about premarital, what is it? The PPQ, pre-preaching quarrel. I never knew, I knew these things, I, I, I've experienced it, but nobody really spoke openly, like I'm speaking to you now. It helps you if I speak openly. So he taught me about pre-preaching quarrel. He said, look, every minister has a PPQ. I said, what? He said, pre-preaching quarrel. Before you must go preach, the devil will make easy for your wife to quarrel about you about anything. Something small, but you're quarreling. But all he wants to do is to upset you so that you cannot preach well. Hey, the enemy is, is clever. But you ladies, you are so silly, you don't even know the enemy is using you. When your husband must be working for God now, can't you wait till we fight that fight later? You know you want to settle it now. So he said to us, to beat the PPQ, make arrangements. Uh -huh. So you'll see, it's, it's not easy to be married to leaders like me because now my wife has her own car. She comes to church on her own. She has her own security to make sure that she is safe. Everything, everything. But it has killed the PPQ. We won't argue about anything because I'm coming focused to do the work. Hallelujah. It's not nice because women, they always want their men next to them, get out. Woman, woman is a lot about themselves. Women like to show a ring on the finger to say, I married. And then they also say, this may man. <laughs> but, but, but you see, in, in the ministry, it's, it's a sacrifice. Because like you are married, but you like someone that's not married. Isn't that what Paul wrote? Be married as if you are not married. So my wife can't always say, this is my man. But the man is not done. He's not here. But if I give in and I say, okay, no, let me just be like a normal, then the work of God will suffer. So there's a price to pay. But I must win the war in the family dimension. Do you see? And I appeal to the ladies, help to establish your men. All men are not strong, but they need you. You are a helper. You see, Proverbs 31 says about that woman, she makes her husband look good in the gates of the city. She makes him look good. Oh, this my man. colors. More groen Tot op die onnekleren match. Yeah. Yes, in the, in the second dimension, the family dimension. There are sexual battles waiting for you in the second dimension. The presence of your wife does not dry out all of your sexual problems. Men, are you listening? In fact, it opens the door to other problems. Because some Christian wives play hard to get. Unlike the strange woman who is eager to use their sexuality. Yeah. So you're married to this wife and you know this wife is a silly Susie. Sexually. But you must win that battle. You can't now say, 
die Heere sal verstaan. Ek moet ook aan my nou bietsie lekker seks het. Ek is nou moeg van die Jesus Christ op die kruis missionary position. <laughs> A lot of people who fall into this type of sin, they use the fact that God will understand. Yeah, I've heard pastors that, that commit adultery and fornication and they say, but you don't know how dead my wife is. But you see, if you are spiritual, it's a war you must win. Even if your wife makes you suffer, suffer for Jesus. You don't have to go and take another woman and sleep with another woman and say, oh, now you've had a real slippery Susan. No, no, no. Be, be happy with the portion that God gives you. Protect yourself in holiness. Because when you stand there, you can't be a hypocrite to the people. If that's your life, then that's your life. That's why, men, when I'm telling, talking to the ladies, I'm also trying to help you so that you can have a pleasurable marriage bed. The marriage bed must be undefiled. Christian wives don't mean you must be boring. You ladies, you must start to be acrobats and do things that make the husband. Because the man is, otherwise now you're also forcing him. He might not have the battles. He might not have won the battles that, that pastors win or whatever. So you must help him. You hear me? You're so heilig, kama, heilig. Yeah. Do like you go to gym and stuff. Yeah. Except Dag used to teach us about power steering. Yeah. A power steering car, you just touch like that, then it turns. Zij wil nou niet sukkel om die vrouw te draaien. Hey! Zij wil niet te draaien, draai die kie. Hij zegt, ai, I'm talking about a war. A war for privacy and for marriage and for many things. It's not just about being on the pulpit. Bishop said many times he came to stand and he had a argument with his wife. But he must be preaching. Or he came from a pastor's meeting, they were fighting. Then he must be here and preaching. You don't know nothing. There's war. Many battles. But the word of God must be preached. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. So it doesn't mean now I've got a wife, so my sexual problems are solved. No, 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 no. The devil will still tempt you. Married men, that lady at your work, she will tempt you. Can you win that battle? She will move her bonbons in front of you, blah, 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 send you texts. Men, this phone must be, oh, Jesus. I've spoken about this before. Your phone must not be private from your wife. Your wife must easily have access to your phone. Not that she is also a, a schizophrenic that wants to see every time. Who is he for you? No, no. But your phone, once you have a pin from your wife, what are you hiding? He knows that still is for you. My phone is, my wife can my new phone is like this. It, it needs face recognition. Wow. I just brought me a new phone recently. Then I wanted, my old phone had this finger thing. You just keep it so. So I said, what? this has got no fingerprint. They said, no. 
So in the night, if I'm sleeping and my wife wants to look. She has to just keep it there. <laughs> now every time I'm sitting in the church and I, and I say, who could wake it? Then I forgot I got the mask on because it, it, it recognizes your face. Yeah. But that's the thing, you see. There mustn't be that thing of you're hiding things. I'm saying you're married, but you're still you're in a war. Sister sends you a nice little text. Then it's now it starts like this. Sometimes it's not sex. Men, listen. It's a big man, man, I'm a lister. Richard, you guys will all be married one day. So you, now you're sending a text. Then you're chatting, you're chatting, you're chatting, you're chatting. I'll never forget a friend of mine. He's an old man. He said his wife was unfaithful to him. I said, did she sleep with another man? He said, no. She didn't sleep with another man. But it's like this. Another man stole her affection from me. He stole her affection from... It's a crime. It's a crime and you can actually go to court for that. He said, did you have adultery? No, we didn't sleep. But she's chatting to him more than she's chatting to me. So he stole her affection from me. Yeah. That's my lawyer. Yeah, but a, a good white friend told me that that was the problem. And Bishop Dad talks about that. Uh, how his father was a big lawyer. And had to deal with a case where somebody stole the affection. He made a case against that guy because he stole my wife's affection. Yeah, many men are unfaithful. But I say for you, it's okay, but he's chatting to her more than he's chatting to you. Affection is stolen. So, men, this, was, this will be the danger. So, the problem is, ladies, you must be nice. Chat lies to them so they don't look for affection somewhere else. There will probably be a time when they will overstep the line. But you must also play your part. Marriage is very difficult. Hmm? And lost die van a ou flam. Verstaan sy wat sy ou flam? Voor ek vir jou gemiet het, Ali, was die ou eindelijk my ou. Hy wil man het wit, hoe gaan het saam met my? Hey! Forget for I owe flam. Listen, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I don't know how I can explain, but I know this is the battles that I have to fight in all the dimensions. My personal dimension, my marriage dimension, I must give myself completely to my wife. My wife is not always the same to this human being. But I must fight and say, no, I can only for you always expect you, no, sukik for slippery Susie. I'll be with you. If you're nice, you're nice. If you're not nice, it's also okay. I'll stay. I've been abused. <laughs> I've been accused. I've been misused. But I'm still here. I specifically asked Marisa to sing that song tonight. I knew I was going to use it. You see, we don't have time. I wish we had, uh, I wish we had more time. The, the dimensions. What's the time? Let me close. I must be sensible. Ooh. Let's go to half past ten, then we close, okay? 
once you are married, there are battles to bring down you down through strife. Marriage opens the door to conflicts, quarrels, and strife. The battle to remain loving and forgiving begins as soon as you marry. The battle to remain loving and to forgive starts when you marry. The marriage relationship is not the same as a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. You will fight in the second dimension to deal with conflict. Okay? Jamie and Bevan, they look so in love. I am waiting for the conflict, but I have not heard it yet. I'm sure they have had it, but they must fight these battles. But they, by God's grace, they have these teachings to also help them. Hey! The third dimension, and I'm closing with this, is the leadership dimension. Now that you fought in the personal the, and, the marriage, and the family dimension, you see your children, your wife, you must bring them into order. It's a fight. Then it's the leadership dimension. It's a war to bring your fellow commanders and team members into unity, oneness and loyalty. The battle in the third dimension begins when you start to have a team and to exercise leadership. Maybe some of you are not yet there, but if you become a leader, you have leaders around you. Now you have a battle. Because if you are a good leader, you need helpers and assistance. Amen? And the battle to gain control over these helpers and assistants is a big battle. And this is where loyalty and disloyalty becomes important. Hallelujah. The battle to be a good leader in whom people trust is the first battle in the third dimension. Do people trust you as a leader? You see, so that's a battle. So when I say, give money, we're going to do this. You can see, I always do what mostly when the people give. So now they start to trust me. Even though I'm accused of stealing money, people who don't like me, they always say, you, these people, these pastors are always stealing money from the poor. That's another fight. Don't worry about that. I'm talking about my leaders. But many leaders fail in the third dimension. Why? Because they didn't teach loyalty and disloyalty. And it leads to poor growth of the churches, poor administration and no establishment. When people look at our church, they admire the way our leadership works together. Besides the, the orangus that leave and the fights we have. Are you listening? But it's, the, it's a war I had to fight. This is what we do. You don't come here with your own vision and there's no division. It's a war. No pastor. We want it like So many churches, the pastor has to just play on the tip of his toes. Okay, do you want that? We give this to do you. Oh, you don't want this? You don't like this church to end so late? It's a war. We sit and listen to the word of God. It's a war. You never have a big church. You never have something successful. Because you couldn't control your leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Those who leave you, you must teach it. Those who are disloyal. Those who are dangerous sons, you must teach it. Those who are proud, they can't receive any instruction from the pastor. You need to lead them. And the last one is the public dimension. You sit with familiarity. People who don't respect you anymore. You have become too normal. They can't respect you anymore. Yes. The fourth dimension is the battle for the public ministry. If you fight in that dimension, you are seen in the open. Preaching, teaching, and ministering. 
And you have to fight with familiarity in the people. It is the battle to stay anointed. Hallelujah. It is the battle to be prepared to preach. It's the battle to know what to say, how to say, and where to say it. When I go anywhere with my wife, I'm always, I'm, there's always pressure. To be a leader is pressure. Because, oh, Pastor Chris is here. Could you come and say something? You don't always want to talk. Always want to say something, but you know. You can go to a 21st. You are always ready to have your fork, your knife, to eat a plate. I must always be ready that I must say something. <laughs> Anyway, wedding reception. Yeah, yeah. The pastor is gonna say something. You must say something. What to say? How to say it? How long to speak? How short to speak? Blah blah blah. A battle in the public dimension. Pressure. I always thought I was alone. And again, I want to say I heard bishops tell me it's pressure for me when I go onto the stage. Is this the right message? Will it work for this crowd? You see, those are the type of pressures you have in the fourth dimension. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The last point I'm making, we are closing, we are closing. To stay anointed. It's the easiest battle, the battle of the fourth dimension that you will ever fight. Hmm. You might be impressed with my victories in the fourth dimension. We now welcome our prophet, our pastor, my father, your pastor, Pastor Chris. And the people say, wow, this guy has won the battle in the fourth dimension. No, 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 no. It was the first, the second, and the third one that was more difficult to fight. Are you hearing me? Hmm. The first and the second dimensional battles are so severe that they overshadow some of the victories. Hmm. But God allows us to fight in the first and second dimension to protect us from pride. Amen. It is easy to become very proud after victory in the fourth dimension. But you must have some first and second dimensional battles to humble you and to cool you down. Because if you walk onto the big play platforms, people will clap for you. But listen, God wants to bring you down. To keep you humble. Do you enjoy tonight's teaching? The four dimensions of war. Let's bow your heads in prayer. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues for a minute. Stand to your feet, everybody. Pray for yourself in the battles of the first dimension, the personal dimension, the family dimension. Oh, the leadership dimension and then the public dimension. Pray for God to help you. Pray for God to help you. Pray for God to help you. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, time is fast spent. I don't want to call you forward now because.
this is a revival, so you know the Holy Spirit is works very powerfully. Then we might stay another hour. So I want to just use the wisdom. But I'm sure that everybody that listened to me tonight was affected by some of the things I said. So if I'm right, then we all need prayer, isn't it? So lift your hands right there where you are. I also need prayer. I don't always win the battle, but I'm in a war. You are in a war. The life of earth on earth of man is a warfare. Father, I give you praise. I give you thanks for the ministry of the word. Oh Lord, I'm fighting a battle. I'm fighting a warfare to stay pure, a man of integrity. Oh Lord, the battle is fierce. The family dimension to be a good father and a good husband. The leadership dimension to be a good leader that the people can trust. To keep my leaders in check and under control. And then Lord in the public as I appear, familiarity. Oh, to stay anointed, to stay spiritual. But above all, the battle in the personal dimension. Oh Lord, save us from the evil of Satan, the delusions of the devil. Save us from pornography. Deliver us, Lord, from masturbation. Deliver us from these evils, Lord. Homosexuality, fornication. All these things we spoke about. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are purging us now. You are purging us now. Put your hand on your heart. Lord, cleanse our hearts from these stains. Help us to fight. Give us swords to fight the battles. That we will come out on the other side as overcomers. As overcomers. Help us to realize we are in a war. But with you, Lord, we can fight many battles. With our God, we can fight many battles. We can come against the thunderstorms. Thank you for the victory in the Spirit. Thank you for the victory in the Spirit. Bless everyone that come to the revival, Lord. May there be a revival in our hearts and in our minds. May we be aware that we are in a warfare. May we be aware. And give us the energy to fight by your spirit. By your spirit. By your spirit. Receive now the precious help of God. As you fight in your personal battle. As you fight in your marital battle. As you fight to be a great leader in the leadership arena. The dimensions of war. May the Lord make you a good general. May you be a victorious army soldier for the Lord. May the Lord help you to say no to the temptations of the flesh. So that you can be a man of integrity and a man of holiness. Oh my God, help us. Help us. Help us that we can be people after your own heart. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we give you thanks. Amen and Amen.